All things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Three blokes catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. Will Josh giddy up as he drops to the cup? Will Luzada play harder for last year's runners-up? Will Magnes got his sights on the NBA? But will Bryce be an Aussie? He's gonna stay. We love Space Cam double doubles and four-point shots from Bubbles. The Great Dane and Mitch and Lamar across the ditch. The Hawks signed a bloke named Justinian. And next year we'll love the Tasmanian. Brace for the puns and dad jokes. It's time for the basketball blokes. G'day listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy and Voidy, the basketball blokes, drilling all things Aussie hoops and MBL fantasy. And what we're going to do straight up is a review show. This review. is the review show. We're not going to go through game by game because we have so much to talk about. Weak side, strong side, in the zone or fading away. It's time to face up and look over and back at the round just gone. This is the NBL Fantasy Post-Round Review. Okay, so let's do this review. Now, we're going to get some some pretty uh, serious stuff later on, so I'm going to do some some fun stuff, hopefully, to start off with, because uh, I had to go digging through a few uh, old podcasts for some clips, and uh, it's... uh, Given that we just finished the round, I believe there was some sort of contest about uh, one John Mooney. But I want to take his back just to where this all started. Mm-hmm. You're expecting someone to, to pop out or pop up. Uh, this, uh, these are the players that make me pop out. Oh, oh. oh geez, I didn't realise that was the wording. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, wow. first, all right. First game nerves. All right. Um, Banksy, tell us about John Mooney. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I hear Set he's. Um, him up. I, I hear he could be playing for Perth this season. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> um, just uh, behind. Fair to say, when it was first announced, I was a bit like, "Who? What's going? What?" And look, okay. I'm not the. I'm not the closest I'm college tell- ball follower, but that's right. Is he Cam Mooney's brother? Yeah. I would argue that this is our best double double chance. Yep. Almost in the entire league next year. Banksy. Ooh, this is someone. What? Oh, you've talked him up. There's, yeah, another, there's I, I, another signing a couple people down here. Yeah, well, one, the, one reminds me of the, the spill from last pro season on Dave Barlow. Oh, the Dan Trist one from the Dan Trist. Yeah. Now, look, once like, again, I think it's going to depend on what happens in Perth. They, might, they, they possibly have another Roth. Well, they've got to sign someone to replace Majuk. Well, and they've got no big men. Who knows they? what happens with you know who? The he who shall not be named. Who, no, who are you talking around? I have no idea. <laughs> what you're All right. If Cotton becomes an Aussie, then they, which is the you know biggest known secret that that's going to happen probably. Yep. Yeah. Oh, has they got Jesse Wagstaff playing the centre at this stage? Look, so mm. I'm going to Banksy. You got you got homework, mate. John Mooney. He's going to be your man. He's going to be in your side. You have to come with the in-depth research. He's going to be in your um, side. Where you? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll look. I'll I'll dig. And dig. He did. Uh, next minute, we had uh, Banksy with a world of knowledge on his man. He's universally become uh, the John Mooney man that I predicted that I set in motion. And uh, uh, it resulted in a bit of a duel uh, between, really, it was uh, J- Jock Landale in, in Boydie's corner and uh, John Moody in the corner of uh, Banksy. So I'll just go to this. 
there are some mysteries out there. So, Boydy, who is John Mooney? I still don't know. Give us your thoughts, mate. So there's been some chat on the Discord, all our Patreons. We've got a good little Discord chat set up, and there's been some calls out there for you to to own it, to it, to admit defeat. But uh, no, I'm still not, I'm not, not really to resign. Oh, look, I, like the stats don't lie, do they? I said that on our little group chat. I mean, he's been um, his scores don't don't lie. Um, I think he got very lucky in the first game. I think Sam basically he got held to like one rebound for the last half, for the second half, until about the last two minutes, and then. Phoenix just lost the plot and let him score. I think he scored about six of his points and and had three rebounds in the last two minutes of the game. So he wasn't going to get a double-double there if they played proper basketball, which unfortunately has my team. I've missed out there. And then the next game, he just just went bananas, didn't he? Just quickly becoming the the luckiest man in Australia. Didn't get lucky in the next game. Looking at the round five schedule, he looks pretty lucky. Yeah, I mean, a couple of games against Sam again, but then he doesn't play him the rest of the year where he'll average about 20. I reckon in fantasy Ooh, points. All right, so I was trying to wind this up here, but it sounds like it's going to carry. I'm on. still, uh, to ding, be honest, ding, ding. like the eye test, he does not look like a basketballer. To be honest, I don't really like the look of him at all. I, I'm the exact opposite. I mean, I was pretty high on him, but uh, give. I actually, I missed the. If first he had game, anyone, if he had, if he was playing against a Cam Oliver or, a, I mean, Sean Long's not there anymore. But if he's playing a, even a Humph, mate, he would, he will, he will struggle against a Humph. He'll struggle against a Cam Oliver. Um, Mate, yeah. you are lucky he didn't play his second game. He's playing against a kid as well. That's straight out of college too. We've really got to remember this as well. So, like true. Himself. Yeah. True. Beautiful. Well, to be continued. But uh, speaking of Everyone, about please jump on the Mooney bandwagon. I, I encourage everyone to get on him. Okay. It should live, be interesting. If enjoy the 25 fantasy point average he'll have for the rest of the year. Oh, yes. This is good. Um, I've set it in motion and it's uh, bringing us the good. So... Um, Something else uh, we have... Uh, by the uh, way, so far this year, Landau's only six points behind him in fantasy total points, by oh, the way. Remember? Big whoop. <laughs> He's actually behind him, and how many games has he played? Anyhow, only one extra. Uh, well, sitting on your bench, divide that by two, mate. Um, so... Uh, my team's looking pretty good this week, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. So there we'll get on to that a little bit go. later. No so you'll, you'll hear sit, some head sit bobble. Sit back down. Yeah, you'll hear some head bobble from the, someone who'd probably be top bloke. Um, the top import, uh, the US sport down under, gen- genuine import of the round... Um, it's gone to someone different every week. Yes. And uh, this week, Banksy, who was the winner? Vic Law, 62% of the vote. And I'd like to give a shout-out there to all the uh, Boydy fans uh, that obviously we jumped on board and, and almost had our GameStop-style uh, uh, short squeeze on uh, to get Vic Law up the top there instead of having Mooney there. So appreciate all the Boydy lovers out there. <laughs> Rightio. Um, yeah, the Moon Dog, uh, the Dog... Doggy coin. That was uh, that was the next one. But uh, while we're doing shout outs, Boyd, um, it's happened, mate. We're getting uh, we. It was a bit of a slow start, but mm. we're seeing some familiar names up there in the leaderboards. That's right. Oh, you always give me these names to, to pronounce. Now you're hoping we get Kinnan Kinnan Month Kinnan and Month won the week, but our Patron Arul finishing second. Uh, and, and Benny's glad we didn't get it. He get, didn't get the match up against him because Arul's in our one of our Patreon leagues. He had Ruby uh, Ann this week, and ooh, I've, I've, I've got, got Arul this week. Ooh, so here we it's, go. Uh, Showdown. I might have timed um, that all right. I think everyone's probably noticed because he's tweeted it out there, but Tom Hirsch won the top scoring game day for the week. 
Uh, so you feeling if you're feeling down, you're feeling your team's out and about, down and dusted. Remember, game day is always a um, option for you to play the whole week weekend of games and and hopefully win a prize as well. So don't forget and about just, that. Just quietly, Tom's reminded us a few times. Yes, he has. Yep. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so we also got some Banksy in the overall rankings. There's lots of Patreon supporters making their way up up the rankings and some familiar names and uh, people that uh, get in touch with us a bit on the social media. That's it. This was probably the first week I've really had a look at the overall rankings. Now you start to get a little bit of a picture where teams are stacking up. Uh, so we had Paul Crestani, uh, Rolly Daffy, seen that name a few times over the last couple of seasons, Brad Macker, of course, um, one of the OGs, Denim Melrose, DT Talks' own Calvinator into 22nd, I think, overall. Um, Zach, listen to yours Sloan advice. Yeah, obviously. Zach Hammond, uh, Tim Allen Barkers, and Nikolai all in the top 35 in the overall rankings. Pretty not good. A few bad. Patreon supporters there. So um, the other thing, it's the end of the month. So we've got a new month coming up this week. This this We're in February, simply. Um, we want to do a Redditch Santa Maria Cup update. So it's actually um, pretty bare as far as up the top, but we've got a couple of... Um, uh, pick and roll is some riders uh, at the top. We've got Brad Winter sitting in sixth spot. So get around Brad. Uh, let him uh, know that he's going well. And also uh, Jordan McCallum, who actually would have won the Redditch Santa Maria Cup last year if we had opened up for riders and podcasters and stuff like that that we have this year. Ooh, but okay. uh, uh, he had a, a finished in the top 15 last year, Geordie Max. So um, very good start for the pick and roll crew. Um Speaking of people that had good starts, um, I'll, well, we'll actually do, do the opposite first. Hey, <laughs> let's do the opposite. Let's go with the ordinary bloke, mate. Don't even get me started on that guy. If anyone ever deserved to be called an ordinary bloke, it's him. I tell you what, I was frolinged this week <laughs> after being sloaned all season. Ugh. The guy was averaging 40-something a game and then gets in trouble and in the doghouse with the coach because he doesn't want to rebound and wants to sit on the perimeter. The coach wants you to get fantasy points rolling. He wants you to rebound. And then he didn't get minutes in the second half, didn't start the second game. And I think he scored less than Orlando Johnson. Yes, we'll get on to Orlando in a second. Banksy, (laughs) when we go around the grounds, what we'll do is we'll get you to talk about... I had to get that out. Yeah. Who are your Perth... Uh, New Zealand and Brisbane players obviously who haven't lost the double if you've got any so how are you affected? Mooney who obviously scored two games worth and he's won anyway and um, Tommy Jervis Jarvis on the bench Alright Average bloke Mate I know you think he's alright some of the things I've heard about this bloke he is average at best That'd be me this week. Thankfully, uh, four points in front of Banksy for the week. I was watching the scores very closely on uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, and I had Cotton, who scored more in one game than than most people get on two games as well, and Travers uh, <laughs> on my bench too. So I had a little bit had a little bit of uh, concern when the Perth game was canned, but that's the way it goes. And we'll do it now. Now we're talking, mate. You've hit the nail on the head. That guy is a top bloke. Uh, two out of three ain't bad so far. Um, 
and I was pretty heavily favoured in that. Uh, I know how you're watching the scores, uh, trying to beat Banksy. Mm. You were. We had a discussion last week that we thought you'd be struggling for top bloke, which you ended up getting, but uh, I managed to get it again. A uh, good uh, 60-odd points, 50-odd points ahead of the, uh, the other blokes in the room. I only had Cotton, which may have, um, uh, I guess, led to that. Uh, so, of the Perth and New Zealand guys. But I did have uh, a Brisbane player, which, uh, yeah. which has hurt me. So, I want to... I know everyone's talking about um, justice for the Perth New Zealand owners out there, but uh, feel for the 1.2% of people that uh, have uh, Orlando Johnson in their team. You know, though it was uh, on Twitter last week. I put it out there that this is what I was going to do, and uh, it, the goal was to outscore Sloan and Noy, which he did, and he had the game. He had the, the game again this week, so it was going to save me. I was just going to ride him through to um, probably become Dengadel when, uh, as it turned out, their schedule would have improved, and... Uh, it's uh, stuffed me up for this week. So I can already tell you that Bordy's going to be top bloke <laughs> next week. But uh, um, Bordy, he was the average bloke this week. And uh, now I guess it's time to talk about the, the average issue, which was the hottest topic um, going around in NBL fantasy. So um, I'm going to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. So before we get into things, and then I, I think we're actually going to have a bit of a debate, to be honest, um, given uh, the little prequel we had before the podcast started. We'll see how we go. Um, we're going to talk about it from both sides of, of the perspective. But uh, firstly, I just want to say that there are obviously bigger things than fantasy that the league is having to deal with at the moment. We always felt like we were pretty low on the pecking order. And you'd have to say that justifiably this year, like with what the league, what the league is trying to do, and you'd both agree that the standard of basketball has been amazing. 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying, um, unfortunately, my uh, 11-month-old son doesn't allow me to watch all the games at the moment because he uh, needs to be driven around to sleep some t- so he gets to sleep sometimes, but I've been trying to... I try and watch every game, basically, because I'm fixated on it. Yeah, um, and I think that'd be the case without fantasy as well, but... Um, and if for those people that I guess are complaining about your fantasy teams, you've got to have some perspective. For some perspective, I'd say, think about what the players are going through right now, trying to keep this season going, not just the league. Um, we know Corey Webster tw- t- tweeted about his mental health being on the decline today. We've had Greg Heyer discuss um, some comments about Jesse Wagstaff. So you've just got to be really careful about what you talk about on social media. I actually had my question answered on the Rogues Bogues on the Rogue Bogues podcast. Um, and I asked, what what's it like being a professional athlete and having people getting stuck into you about their fantasy teams or about gambling? And he actually said that it, it really pissed him off um, because he knew if he played poorly, he's a professional athlete. He's getting it from his coaches. He's getting it from the 20,000 fans that just booed him. The last thing he needs to hear on Twitter is some idiot saying you cost him a fantasy championship. So, um, I just wanted to make put that into perspective because we run a. F- I know I've, I listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts. Some of them actually get really stuck into the players. We don't want to do that, no. especially on uh, social media, because it does affect them. Um, so appreciate what the guys are doing this year. Um, the the Road Bogues podcast. Check it out. It actually turned into a really good conversation about how fans interact with athletes, which I thought was uh, really relevant given we had the courtside Karen incident yesterday, which was uh, in the NBA. Um, for most of you, though, we know that your gripe is not with the players in this instance, and it's more about how 
the NBL managed the treatment of the rescheduled games uh, between Perth and New Zealand. We actually talked about this on December 6th after um, seeking your feedback for how we should deal with fantasy this year. The most consistent feedback is the rules need to be made clear about what happens if a player misses a game due to a rescheduling due to COVID. Mm. And it was consensus that, much like AFL fantasy banks, that you get the player's average from the season so far. So far. So what happens if it's yeah. round one? You've only got to hope it doesn't happen too early. <laughs> but I think this is where AFL Fantasy got caught out because it was unpredictable. It was new to everyone. And um, they had to sort of do this on the hop. Whereas I guess the NBL Fantasy particularly um, has that to go off and uh, can do a bit more planning than the AFL were able to do. I think it's going to depend also. Yeah. Makes it hard whether they reschedule the game and all that sort of stuff too. It's all, um, yeah, it's going to be a funny year. So the purpose of this, fellas, is we want to explain what the average rule is. We want to give uh, what our followers' perspective was, what Banksy's perspective was, and what Bordy's was, which was to the contrary. But first, Banksy, do you want to just tell us, we put a poll out there, mate. Do you want to just let us know the results of that and what was asked? We did. So basically, we're just asking, what do you feel was the the just outcome um, due to the, the postponed Perth and New Zealand game? Um, so we obviously put up the options of players being awarded a zero, which was obviously the the outcome, um, and obviously players' average being applied so far. So 73% agreed that the players' average should have been applied. And so that was a poll. We also had uh, lots of messages, comments, and emails from people who couldn't understand why averages wasn't applied. I even saw one team changed their name to Justice for New Zealand and Perth owners, which are... um, So, yeah, I think we need to all put this into perspective. But it is legitimately an issue where people have decided to pull the pins on their season. And just quickly, we have also heard it from the other perspective as well. Um, Banksy, you were probably the most frustrated out of all of us. Do you want to explain why you thought average should be applied? Yeah, sure. Look, I was pretty vocal on it. Um, but let me first say this. I only had one starter from the Perth and New Zealand game, and that was Mooney. And as we know, he scored two games worth in his one game anyway. So he didn't need the two games to almost double jock score. Um, I also had Sloan, who was a bee's dick away from matching Cotton's score. So that in itself is an indus- injustice, a win for me, though. So I, I don't think my team was disadvantaged like others. Um, I don't think it affected my overall ranking. And if anything, I was probably better off as I didn't own Cotton like you guys. So I don't think I have a self-interest in my opinion on what solution would have been just. My team just basically stinks in general. Um, Agreed. My, yeah. Amen. <laughs> my view I would have liked to have thought is more about the broader picture here. Um, and I think it's why I got frustrated. I want people playing NBL fantasy. I don't want half the competition throwing in the towel. I want eyes on the games. And the general fantasy player watches most games that they have a vested interest across multiple games with the players they own in them. So, um, obviously, you know, COVID is limiting the amount of fans at the games. And I believe it's in the NBL's best interest to keep fantasy players interested. I mean, I heard comments post that game like the NBL doesn't care about losing 3,000 fantasy players why would they in the scheme of things and yes there's the bigger picture but at the end of the day the NBL can't afford to lose 3,000 fans right now that's the way I was looking at it there's only 3,000 playing I'm going to let you finish but go on okay 
Well, let's firstly acknowledge that the game is based on schedule. Uh, everyone I heard from this week was dumbfounded with what trades they were to make. And why? Because the whole season, uh, whole reason no one could decide their trades this week is we didn't know what the damn schedule was going to be in round five. So every trade you make in this game is based on schedule and what players have the upcoming run of doubles, correct? It's a big priority. It is sure. a big priority, yes. Okay. Sometimes so not. Sometimes you start with Landau all the year, even though he's on singles. Mm. How's that turning out this week and last week? Yes, you do. You got your jocks on. Broken clocks, right. Please go on. Twice a day. Let's also acknowledge that the round had already started. So players were locked, captains were locked in. Unlike this week, we know what the revised schedule is prior to making our trades. And finally, I think it's important to acknowledge that when I talked about players receiving their average instead of a zero, logically, you would not have the points count in the rescheduled game and receive twice the amount of points like... Some against the idea used as an argument. Obviously, that wouldn't make sense. That's not what it's about. It was about trying to keep a level playing field and not greatly disadvantaging some teams over others. That's the way I was looking at it. So I look at it this way. Which is the greater disadvantage? A zero where a player had a scheduled game or a player being awarded their average, which is a lot closer to awarding what should or would have been. Let's take Cotton. Averaging 58. What's closer to the mark? Him scoring 58 against New Zealand or zero? Come on. Logic. Could could have been a zero. He could have done his ankle in the first minute of the game. Okay. Logic. Would be exactly the same thing as almost. Well, they could have all done their ankles in the first game. The good teams would have loaded up with Cotton, Mooney and Webster. So what if both Perth games were cancelled post-lockout? Will we still be okay with zeros on doubles for Cotton and Mooney owners? We okay to losing out 200, 300, 400 points for the teams that were well-planned, the teams that had the right players on the double. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. If you are passionate about the game, if you owned all three of those players and had one of them captain, like some people I know actually did, are you throwing in the towel? You are. I am. Because that's a massive imbalance and a massive disadvantage and 70, 74% of people agreed. Okay, um, we like I mentioned, we had a lot of people who didn't agree um, and there was a few reasons for it, but Bordy, I just want you to have a chat about what you thought. I know in our clip we played, you said, what if it happens too early, round one? Well, it's go, too, it was too early. Go for so it. Th- that'd be my main thing. So there was two games in for Perth and for New Zealand as well. So it's not, an a- it's not a fair average. Like I said, I predict that Mooney's average will be somewhere around more like the 30 to 35 range for the whole year. Um and so if teams were awarded 75 or whatever it was, obviously that's unfair, right? We're talking about made-up shit. And when you're bringing made-up stuff to things where people can l- win money, that's, I don't think that's a fairness thing. 3,000 people aren't going to quit the game over this decision and because there's only 3,000 people that are playing this year down from about 9,000 last year, right? And you know what? I might piss off a few people and a few of our listeners, but if you're going to give up on this game because of that, I'm I'm going to say good and don't come back next year because NBL Fantasy and, and other fantasy games in other sports, it's about fun. We're just having a bit of fun that helps out playing the real, watching the real game, makes it a bit more enjoyable for some people. Some people get to win money. Some people get to win some vouchers. It's fun, right? And I think... It, it, almost Karen-like behaviour 
where you're going to sook up and, oh, I'm going to quit. Oh, I'm not done anymore because I've got one player on a zero. I had two players, like we said before. I had Cotton and Travis. Both got zeros. doesn't matter. If, if you're going to quit and you know, act a bit like Karen, I, th- I see that as the same as what Bogues is talking about with the gambling people. <laughs> Who cares? Like, <laughs> it's a bit of fun. It's only meant to be fun. They can't give you a made-up score from someone. Yes, okay, it's worked out on average, but it's not a real average. I think if they were going to do some sort of average, it might be at the end of the year they rebase it on what that player's average was for the whole year. But then it throws everything out. Like, you might have a situation where someone, based on that, would have won or lost the weekly and therefore got a prize or didn't get a prize or what have you. It can't be done like that. I think, unfortunately for us, NBL fantasy isn't one of the most important things for the NBL right now, and so be it. And that's what it should be. The game is the most important thing. The players and the coaches and the staff is the most important thing at the moment. We had to have cancel the game, and they've had to reshuffle the schedule this week. Good. If that's meant some person's fantasy team has got stuffed up for it, who gives a shit? My team got stuffed by it. I don't care. It's it's meant to be a fun thing, and I think if you just if you're getting too serious and all that sort of stuff about it, I think you've got other things you need to worry about in life. And I'll leave it at that. No, good. Some good points there. Um, we had uh, so lots of people. Um, firstly, had a few. Re- there was a few reasons why people didn't like it. Um, because they firstly because they thought they'd play get the score for the extra game, which didn't happen. Um, there was. Um, people saying that it's the new normal, you know, we're going to have zeros in NBA fantasy. I don't buy that. Like, it's... there. I think there was an opportunity to put in a protocol. As it as, as it turns out, there really is a protocol. By omitting... Protocol zero. By omitting, yeah, that there is any treatment for a rescheduled game, you just get the score that your players have. Um, and some some people really didn't like the idea of making up a score for a player for a game that was never nah. played. Um, so bodies and brings in all all sorts of things as well. Like, what if one player in a team gets COVID, or is test positive or whatever, and can't play? Do do they get the average? But then it's the same as having an injury that week for that player. He can't play. I agree. So there's an, I, I totally agree with all the points. Yeah, and 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 Look, happy, there's no ha- right or wrong ha- answer. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and happy to to have our own opinions. But I, I just think that zero in this situation post lockout was a far greater disadvantage for particularly teams that own multiple of those players. And I agree with like you me. that the average is not ideal either, but I think it's the greater of two evils. If you had to pick no. one, which is going to be a greater disadvantage, the zeros is the greater disadvantage. I don't really care about the disadvantage, to be honest. I just I, I care about the actual game of NBL and, and know, basketball in Australia. We're, so we're fantasy the fantasy podcast. This is what we talk about. I'll let you finish. And so I know we're a fantasy podcast, but it's about the game as well. And uh, as I said, this is a fun thing. Like if 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 you're going to be all serious about this, and we're pretty serious about it, we run a damn podcast about it. Right? If you're going to throw a wobbly and carry on because you got a zero, well, then pff, it's probably best that you're not playing the game because there's going to be a situation where a player does get injured in the first five minutes or does miss an open layup to win a game at the end of the game and that cost your fantasy team a win or it cost you the year or the round or whatever, and you're going to go off like a banana, like, really? Yeah, so from my perspective um, on the matter, I'm kind of, um, I guess, maybe in between, more probably on the side with Banksy. I think um, that there was no way they could award averages given that it wasn't in the protocols at the start of, at, at the, start of the preseason. And you, it's not a real average. It's not in so. the terms and conditions. It, the thing is, like, we've got this... This has happened now. Before the season started, 
you would not have known if there would be any games that would have to be postponed. The hope would be that that would not happen at all. I know you talk about, like, you're bringing in other situations, like, you know, if there's one player got COVID, but this would be a very, very narrow time that it happens. Firstly, the game, fantasy game would have to be locked out, so you could not be able to move, change your players. Then the schedule would have to change, so you couldn't really do anything about it. Um, I think that in applying the average, it is the most equitable way because the game is so focused on the schedule. Um, the thing I was thinking of, like, I'll scrap COVID, right? So if there was a game, um, like, rescheduled for some other reason, um, Cyclone in Cairns, for example, we almost had that, you know? Um, so if that was to be the case, would this be something that could be the most equitable solution even next year, going forward, if there's a game postponed, because we know how important the schedule is, um, I think that it is definitely something worth looking at. And I think that if you made that known at the start of the year, um, because you can't manipulate it. In AFL Fantasy, you can manipulate it. This cannot be manipulated. It will only if apply when your hands are tied. If you're a meteorologist and you know the weather patterns in cans and you know that there's a cyclone coming, yes, you can manipulate uh, okay, it. Okay, that would be true. <laughs> that would be true. So... Um, that is the case. I guess with COVID, it couldn't be manipulated. Um, you don't know what the state governments are going to do, but... Uh, oh, come on. There was people in the know. It was yeah. pretty pretty obvious after New Zealand all of a sudden didn't want to travel that Perth was going to get locked down. Yeah. And then I, I think that was rather convenient myself that New Zealand didn't travel to Perth and then next minute Perth gets locked down and Perth get out of there as soon as they can. Yeah. Nothing that fantasy owners can do about that. I mean, though. it happened in the AFL as well. Yeah. They all got tipped off. They were all jumping on buses to head to Queensland because the AFL knew Victoria was going to get locked down. Rah, rah, rah. So yeah. And I wonder if um, the fact that people have played another game like AFL Fantasy where they did apply this and it seemed to work okay. We I know we had Warney reply to a tweet saying it actually worked our way pretty well in AFL Fantasy. Um that if it is something that we can bring in. so if It's a different beast too. Remember in AFL, you've got like 20 players on the field as well. In NBL, it, your starting lineup is very, it's more important. So that one thing has a big, a greater effect, right? So that's where you get all the flow on effects. And, and that means the zero has a greater effect too. I know that side of the argument as well. But a made up figure is probably, I think it's the worser of the, evils than a zero which is an accurate figure as so, a point in time so i think we all agree there's there's no perfect solution here no, and i guess the perfect solution they can't win heading into the season would have been to have known what the solution was in this event and oh i think if we read into the game last year they got called off at half time or whatever it was i think i was a hopson owner and captain yeah i actually was i captain so was I. yeah all of us so um yep. uh, and they he only got 20 for that game and it was on the way you know whatever so I think that kind of was was a bit of a tell um, myself. But yes, you're right. They probably should have labelled a little bit more. Um, but I mean, even, even I think a, a more equitable system, even if they're awarded their, what they're priced at, their average for, for what they're priced at, I still think right. that would have been a more equitable but They haven't system. actually told us how they price it exactly either. I know, either. but we, so we, we know what a million dollar players is worth. Herbs and spices. We know what a dollars is You've got to tell us the, all the herbs and spices if you do that, though, because otherwise people are going to cry. If people are getting outraged by zero, people are going to outrage by that. The moral of the story is we're, we're, this is meant to be a fun thing, right? So let's try and not take it too seriously. If you're seriously thinking about quitting about this, then fine. It's probably not the best thing for you to do to be playing this game if you're going to quit over something so menial. Uh, but 
I reckon we get on to the preview. Let's get on to some real chat. All right. So Let's embrace um, it. So we're going to wrap up this podcast now, Boydy. Uh, we're going to do the preview. Make sure you check that out because uh, um, we just had a schedule drop. Perfect Ooh. timing. So, so good. Um, I hope we explained that, what the rules are, what the debate was about. And um, I hope you enjoyed the preview podcast. Boydy, where can they find us? At Twitter, uh, at bball underscore blokes, on Facebook, basketball blokes, and basketballblokes.com. Thank <laughs> you.